This is the Insurance Buzz, where we discuss selling insurance in today's time, generating time and financial freedom in your agency, and what's trending in our industry. I'm your host, Michael Weaver, and in this episode, we have special guest, Mr. Jeff Arnold, where we talk about all things from the difference of being busy or productive, overworked versus overwhelmed, and just talking about trends currently going on in the insurance industry. With that being said, let's start the show. Hey, welcome to the Insurance Buzz. I've got special guest today, Mr. Jeff Arnold. Jeff, how are you? Hey, I'm well, Michael. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Been looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, we're super excited. So, First, Jeff, I think it would be awesome to just, uh, so who, who was Jeff before insurance? Oh, wow. You're taking me back there. So, uh, <laughs> well, first of all, I, I, I are an insurance agent, have been for 31 years uh, in the technology space. Uh, before that, I was a uh, struggling uh, actor, thespian, uh, stage, stage bum, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, then before that, uh, um, in the military for a few years and then uh, back up a little bit. Uh, the son, grandson, great-grandson, and great-great-grandson of preachers. So I'm the first one in four generations not to preach, and they still don't understand what I'm doing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for your service. I appreciate that. Thanks, man. So, um, so you've been in insurance for quite a while. So tell me, tell me what I guess originally made you want to get into, get into insurance. Yeah, actually it's, it's kind of an interesting story. It, uh, the industry called to me and it took me about a decade to answer the call. Right. So, uh, if I take you back to, uh, I was born in Western Kentucky. Uh, and uh, so, of course, I worked in the hay fields and the tobacco fields for a long time as a teenager. And I'm, I'm standing on a hay bale uh, at a place called Mr. Newton's Farms. And I see this guy drive up in a four-door silver Buick with the windows up. That's important. That means he had air conditioning, man, right? So <laughs> he was living the life. Um out steps this guy in a starched shirt and a tie, crisp white shirt. And I said to my friend Chuck on the hay bale above me, I'm like, hey, what's that guy do? And he said, insurance or something like that. All right. So then fast forward a decade. Uh, I'm uh, returning home to visit my mom after living in North Hollywood, trying to make it in stage and acting and, and drama uh, with no food, no money and needing to pay rent, and put gas in the car. Answered an ad. As cliche as it sounds, the ad said, insurance salesman wanted, right? <laughs> and so uh, I worked at that place for about a month. But the point is, uh, and then I started my own uh, independent agency right, right off that. But uh, at the moment I understood legal contracts, risk transfer, risk financing, man, I was hooked. I couldn't learn enough. I couldn't read enough, couldn't digest enough about this wonderful industry that has been uh, beyond awesome for my family. That's amazing. Okay. So, so you went to work for independent that opened up your, uh, your own shop um, very soon after it sounds like. So tell me a little bit about, um, like your progression through, like what, what are some things you like to always, 
because I know we talked about time blocking, obviously, right before we jumped on this call, you actually wrote a book about it, making sure you're intentional with your days. Talk, talk a little bit about that, maybe. Yeah, so uh, first, I've uh, been fortunate to write five books. Uh, four of them are bestsellers, right, on Amazon. And, and uh, you know, everyone likes to say they're a bestseller sometimes, but the, my books have been fortunate to be in, you know, the top 50 in management, top 10 in insurance, top 100 in business. And so it's been been real fortunate, been a real blessing. Um, my most recent one is um, uh, in the tech space, and it's really relative to captive agents, uh, independent agents, or anyone in the insurance spectrum, right? Because if you're captive, you're, of course, bombarded by the word insure tech, right? Everyone's wanting to disrupt. Everyone thinks that there's a better way to do it without an agent, which I don't agree with, right? Um, but that book, it's called a primer, actually. It's a pamphlet called Tech Enabled, Tech Forward, or Tech Shackled. Um, and uh, just for your listeners, I'll give a like a 60-second overview, right? Yeah. Uh, um, basically, uh, I, I wrote it because I suffered from, struggle from, uh, trying to adopt, adapt, integrate every new shiny software as a service or new lead generation or new phone or new whatever software that came out. And it took me a while before I realized had to be real critical and intentional about the thinking to myself that I was actually shackling our people instead of uh, being tech enabled or tech forward because we were adopting so much tech so fast. We didn't give people time to learn. And in fact, the new tech was interrupting their processes and we weren't able to deliver as uh, you know, great a customer experience or client experience that we should. And so, uh, I, you know, I pinned the primer to help people understand the difference between being tech enabled to use tech to help you grow tech forward. You're changing the industry a little bit, right? And you're uh, enhancing processes versus tech shackled, man, you're just buying tech and paying the price to make it more difficult for customers to do business with you. And so it's, uh, uh, you know, fortunate for me, it's done very well. been able to speak at a lot of company um, conventions and offsites and conference rooms to executives because everyone can relate to an insurance company rolling out some new software they think is going to change everything and revolutionize it. And you want to punch the IT guy and the president who approved them buying this piece of software, <laughs> POS piece of software, right? Because it really doesn't enhance the workflow. So, yeah, just a, you know, a small plug for that book. Uh, but it, it is really, it resonates uh, and it's relative for now because there's new tech coming out every day, right? Yep. Yeah. I, I, I love that because technology is ever evolving and technology is not going to slow down. It's only continuing to speed up and go faster and faster. And I find that a lot of a lot of insurance professionals, a lot of our peers sometimes struggle with adapting to technology, starting to utilize technology into their businesses to help them not only progress, but also be better customer. I mean, meet the customer expectations. And so, um, Speaking of technology, all right, so let's just get into this. So what are your viewpoints on social media? Is it something that agents should or should not be using to generate business? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I believe it's, it's, it's valuable, invaluable as a, uh, you know, one, one of the arrows in your quiver, right, that you need to use to reach customers. Um, is it single-handedly going to uh, f- um, increase business through your entire agency? No, there are several ways that people interact, right? And uh, just like um, when you're running your agency, you can't manage all four generations from uh, baby boomer to Gen X to Gen Z, to I mean, to millennials to Gen Z or Gen Z. You have to take a different approach. 
I would submit to you and your listeners the same, right, is in social media. There's a different way to use it to, to reach people. Obviously, you're not going to reach aged men like me on TikTok or Snapchat, right? <laughs> it's just I'm not there. Um, aged and handsome, I might add. But anyway, <laughs> but on uh, Facebook, you'll reach an older demographic. On Instagram, you've got a, a, a convergence or a medium up and down that, that spectrum. And then on LinkedIn, you have, you have professionals. So you can reach out. Focus on executives or, or business decision purchase makers. Um, and then, of course, life insurance as a product can be sold through all mediums because it's an education piece first. And it's still, in my estimation, in my opinion, life insurance is still sold and not bought. So there's a consultative approach that, that kind of happens. But with respect to your original question, uh, absolutely social media is, is, is uh, viable and relevant. And it's hard to remain in our business and not be relevant because that's your storefront now is your social media channel. Absolutely. I, I love that. I tell agents all the time, it and your online Google presence, like those two things are vital to, you want the experience to be just like they were walking in, in your front door. So I, uh, I dig that. So Jeff, you've been in the business a long time. So I got to ask you, if you could go back and tell beginner Jeff, never, never opened a business, never operated insurance agency, what would you go back and tell yourself day one? Yeah, uh, learn to fail faster, right? Because we just, and I don't, this may be man-centric, right? Not to be sexist, but, you know, we measure, tend to measure ourselves by successes. And of course, that means economics too, and awards and accolades and how we do things. And so um, now this might not apply to everyone, but but uh, I, in the beginning, I was more afraid of failure, right? Um uh, it took me a while to learn that it's normal, right? And and then really, because I'm an empath and would try to beat myself up forever, it took me a lot longer to, to never carry failure forward, right? Look, if you're in business, you're going to fail. You're going to lose your biggest client to someone else. You're going to make a snafu or something or some sale. You're going to make mistakes. It's just inevitable, Right. But you never carry failure forward, right? And, and learn from it. I mean, don't just dis disregard it. You have to learn from it. What'd you do wrong? You got to be critical with yourself and, and intentional about your thoughts. But you don't have to carry it forward. That would be the first thing I would tell younger Jeff with a lot of hair. Um, and, and the second thing I would tell younger full head of hair Jeff would be um, uh, that it took me um, five years to stop making it, packing it, and shipping it. And what I mean by that is I was fortunate to meet a man by the name of Michael Gerber who wrote The E-Myth, Why Most Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It. And I had the good fortune to sit at Michael Gerber's feet for two and a half years every Thursday from a you know, coach. And I, I, I would also submit that whatever you're taking in salary from your agency, you should also spend on external coaches uh, developing you and enhancing your skill set, right? Through sales training, through um, closing training, through just, you know, uh, exercise, food, all of those. You need coaches. Everyone needs them. Find out a way to pay for it. Um, and so the second thing would be, uh, I, it took Michael Gerber a while to convince me to stop. Jeff, he said, you're never going to grow to the size you want if you continue to have to sell it all, pack it all, service it all, you know, handle all the claims. You've got to be able to weigh to, to uh, delegate those things. And that took me a long time to drink in. Um, when the heart is ready, the teacher will come. And finally, after about five years, my heart was ready. And I heard the words of the teacher and I stopped. 
um, you know, we've been fortunate. So uh, it took us a long time to get to 100 apps a month and then 1,000 and then 2,000. You know, we're in the 4,000 apps a month, and it's not, not a brag. Not everyone gets there, but we're not a small organization anymore. We have a large call center, um, but that's because the leader has to step away and work on the business, on the agency, not just in the agency. So, but then again, if you're, your listeners, I'm not sure their agency size, you can't just stop cold turkey, man. You have to recruit and train that next level person to take over. Like this happened overnight. Um, took me five years to drink in and another year and a half to make it happen. So, sorry, yep. I got us off track there. Just uh, what bubbled up in the brain. No, I love that because a hundred, you said so many really good things there. And I, I think that learning to fail faster is a hundred percent because there's no such thing as failing. You just, you just, you're learning along the way, like you said. And so, so I can, I can dig that. I think investing in yourself is, is the number one thing you can do as an individual business owner. Doesn't matter. Like if you're investing in yourself, that means you're developing, growing. And then the last part of delegation, I think delegation is key. I think that that's uh, it's a really difficult part for a lot of, a lot of business owners, I think is that delegation piece, the fear of the unknown, trusting someone to come in, help you, help you with the pieces that maybe aren't your strong suits or the things that you don't like to do. Cause ultimately the only way to ultimately have time and freedom is if you have a team underneath you. You can't do it all yourself. Very true. Very valid. Uh, truer words were never spoken. Absolutely. No. So, all right. So 30 years in the business. So what do you see? What, so you talk, you, you speak a lot of places. You see a lot of things. You've seen a lot of things over the years. What besides the delegation piece that you just hit on? Um, what what are some common struggles that you see agency owners making that if you could if you could give them a, a tip, what what would you recommend? Yeah, so two quick things come to mind, uh, Michael, and that is um, um, first of all, um, we've just come through a period that could not have shaped every leader, every owner, every. A uh, person working in your front office, back office. COVID absolutely challenged every leadership scale that you developed. I'm sorry, skill. Every leadership skill you developed, it challenged it, right? Uh, and, and me personally, uh, just for some self-introspection, you know, I was always results-driven, hard. We got to get to the next goal, get to the next level, meet the profitability. We have shareholders. We got to make them happy. And so I was always really results-driven. Um, COVID forced me, right, to be more empathetic, to slow down, take my foot off the gas, pump the brake, check in with people, right? Do mental welfare checks. We, never, ever in my history was that an expected skill set on an executive, right? An executive was to deliver results, keep shareholders happy, increase sales quarter over quarter and deliver more money, right? Uh, and, and grow the business. Never was it, oh, be empathetic and check in on your people's well-being. So number one, I think that everyone came through it as a more holistic person, if that's a better way to say it, right? We became more well-rounded. Yep. Uh, it wasn't easy for me. I had to have people challenge me and get super confrontational argumentative with me to change my style. I did. I listened, right? You got to be <laughs> pliable, malleable, bendable, right? Uh, to be relevant. Um, and then the other thing that I think most agency folks are struggling with now is, you know, the talent war, right? And so I will give you an absolute fact because I spent a lot of time with CEOs of large insurance companies. You know most of the names of them. And all of them know this to be true. 50%, this is not a made-up statistic, 50% of 
of every people in your agency or in insurance, in the insurance industry, are looking or will be looking for a job at another carrier by the end of 2022. And this year, half of your people outside of your office are looking for a job. And here's my reason as to why, after several offsites and you know writing my books, it, it, you got to bifurcate it a little bit by the different generations we talked about. You can't talk about business without, you know, labeling everyone in a generation. It's just important now because we all learn and do things different. But the number one reason is everyone feels like they're overworked. It's not true. Absolutely. I would submit to you they are overwhelmed, right? Everyone is overwhelmed, not overworked because there is no break anymore of driving home and unwinding. It's social media, Phone call, email, work, task, client, more social media, wife something, husband something, child something. There's no off-season. There's no break. There's no bifurcation of your time. Time blocking is important, but guess what? Then you're on to the next thing. And so the number one thing that I talk to executives and anyone that wants to listen to an old man talk is, you're not overworked, you're overwhelmed. And the only way to feel underwhelmed is to stop doing so much, right? And the first place that has to give is maybe fewer meetings, maybe less social media, right, to get some of your adrenals and some of your, uh, you, you know, endorphins and, and things like that back onto a, to a healthy level. And then if we can pivot just a little, you know, it's, it's the big war for talent. The reason it's that is because everyone feels, like we said, overworked, right? I'm working too hard when it's really they're overwhelmed. So when we help people see that. We all know that the grass is greenest where you water it, right? The grass right. isn't greener at the other company or the agency down the street. It's greenest where you water it. So start watering your own backyard, agency owner and agency yep. employee that's listening to this. Water around your desk and, and, and build back into yourself. And that place that you're at today is equally as exciting as it was when you first took it, but you've let dead grass grow. Clean that out, right? Yep. So that's what I kind of challenge some people. And then... If I can monopolize the conversation here a little bit, we'll go back to the generations that I think. I'm sorry. No, no, this is this is good. I think that, I mean, because the overwhelm piece I do feel is a major talking point right now because a lot of agencies, now you run an entire company, so, but you've ran agencies before. You've ran this, the, the smaller agency when you've only got three, four, five people in it. And so you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling anxious, anxiety, understaffed, because not only is it your agency, but then you, you've got the bigger agency that you may be representing, the bigger company that's also understaffed. Their employees are also feeling overwhelmed. So how can you control the day so the day doesn't run you? What are those two to three simple income producing activities that move the needle? And, and, the, and before you move on, I think one thing is empathy and Richard Branson, I think, always said this best is if you take care of your people, your people take care of your customers. But the number one thing you need to take care of is your people because it takes a it takes a village. And if you're not taking care of your people, not only on a professional level, but a personal level, they're never going to be able to perform at max capacity. I absolutely agree. And like I said, I, I had to get challenged and, and pushed and cajoled and dragged, drug into this more empathetic uh, leader. Um, again, it's it's a muscle memory that wasn't used a lot. And now it is. Um, and, and, you know, 
we talked about time blocking before. It's so important. And I understand the struggle if you're in a smaller agency or one or two or three person shop. And by small, I don't mean anything bad. I mean, it's because you're going to get, get bigger. But you, you're having to do it all, right? So you have to, I know a lot of people don't like this word, but if you look it up, it's the accurate word. You have to discriminate, right? I know you don't like the word. Look up the definition. You must discriminate, bifurcate, set apart things, which you said earlier, correctly, generate revenue and move the needle, right? So much of what we do is busy work. Why? Because if I accomplish something or cross something off, I feel like I've done something, right? You have to be intentional to your stuff. Did it generate revenue? No, stop doing it. There's some stuff you have to do to keep customers happy and get it, right? Sure. But stop doing the stuff that makes you feel good. You never grow in your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone, get uncomfortable, and your business will grow, right? Um, so that's a big part of it. And then the other big part, if you're an agency owner, um, you're managing upstream and downstream now. And you have to be, be always aware that a baby boomer is different than a Gen X, a Gen Z, and a millennial. We just think different. Um, I am a Gen X. We were called the slacker generation, right? MTV was going to destroy our brains, and we grew up on Gilligan's Island reruns, and we were going to be worthless. And so uh, one thing is absolutely true. We adulted much slower than the baby boomers, all right? I mean, if you ask a baby boomer to work 40 hours, they're going to give you 50 and say, what else do you need? Gen X wasn't the same way. Comparatively, millennials are adulting much slower than Gen X did, right? You might not like the truth bomb, but it's a fact. And so uh, the, the uh, adulting much slower, right? So they may get out into the career field a little later, whatever, right? They also have Google that empowers them in the knowledge piece, right? Um, and then Gen Z is just coming into the workforce more in mass, and that's, that's mm-hmm. going to be different. And those aren't bad stereotypes. They're just real. Right. And so you have to understand that if you're going to delegate work to each of those kind of kind of how how they react to change, which is not just some uh, from a generational standpoint, but from an individual standpoint could could react different too, Right. And so it's just imperative that you're aware of who you're not just customer, but your employees are and how they react to change and how they're led and what drives them. Right. Because yeah. what drives our baby boomer employees doesn't drive our Gen Z. Right. I mean, they're fighting me on eight. Is eight o'clock like a hard time? And does that come with a latte or is nine? okay? no, eight o'clock's okay. versus the baby boomers here at 750 ready to go. Again, this isn't bad. It's just where they are on their career path. They always have to be aware of that. If if you're trying to make changes in your firm and wholesale applied to everyone, you're going to miss the mark, man. Man, I love that you bring that up because it is very interesting times right now for for all leaders, business owners, managers, because everyone is managed. Everyone is led differently. Everyone is motivated differently. Everyone has a different viewpoint of, <clears throat> is this a career or is this a job? And I think insurance is one of those careers, but you really have to get people to buy into the why, the vision, the purpose, and to help find their passion. But it is a career where you it, it can turn into something amazing. But I think the hardest part right now is you hear a lot about life-work balance. I'm a believer of it. life and work is just a rhythm. Like, okay, you're going to have different seasons of life. Sometimes you're busier than others, but as the owner – 
Yeah, like that is, it, it is difficult right now, I think, for owners. And I think everyone's kind of struggling with that. And then another thing I want to bring up to you is what are your feelings on the future of remote work? What, 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 and I know this is all speculation right now. You can speculate. I can speculate. Is this just a fad? Is this going to increase in the future? But I'd love to know your perspective on, because that will change the dynamic. That'll change how you manage people, the type of people you hire, how they're motivated. So I'd love to get your take on this. Yeah, so I have very definitive viewpoints on this, right, that uh, have been challenged, of course. But but we've always, even before COVID, we've had uh, staff in, you know, Philippines, Vietnam, Mexico, Canada, multiple states. And again, not beating our chest here, but we've always kind of had to do that. Um, so there is one absolute fact that uh, I can be challenged on, but it's, it's hard to move my needle. Um it is much harder to build culture in a remote world. Like our office culture from our, you know, 50 employees in the office is way more gelled and succinct than it is with, you know, 20 or 30 people offsite. Um, and then, you know, they feel disconnected all the time, right? And, and so I started saying, hey, you get the luxury of being offsite. You need to make it your job to check in and get connected. You can't just outsource that to the company or to the executives to reach out and coddle you Part of your job as the as the opportunity to remote all the time is to be um, intentional about checking in and feeling connected. Like uh, the corporate job is not no longer to make you feel connected because you're telecommuting. So remote is great. I love it. I support it. I'm about the work life balance. You are, but our remote employees are way more overwhelmed. Not overworked again. Way more overwhelmed than our in office again because. Say what you want about the drive time. There's a way you disconnect from family, you disconnect from work. You can't scroll your phone. It's just you and your brain, man, or maybe the radio or whatever. That's very important time, right? You might get it in the shower. You might get it driving, but you don't get it everywhere. And those are vital, valuable times to do it. So, uh, I mean, certainly it's uh, remote work is here to stay. Um, uh, One could argue that the retail insurance agency is no longer needed. Um, because um, Gen X, Millennials, and Gen Zs don't want to sit across the table from anyone and buy it. If they do, they're okay meeting you at a Starbucks, right? Um, you can't say the same for rural or um, baby boomers. Uh, they, Some of them still want to sit eyeball to eyeball with you and come into your office, drink your coffee, read your paper, and have you listen to about their grandkids. That, that just happens, right? So that's still right. real. But uh, remote work is here to stay, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I like in remote work and and I think um, I think the agency force is actually because everyone has their own unique perspective on that too. Uh, I mean, I, I think the most recent data I've I've seen. I mean, what eighty what eighty percent of people will go online to shop, but seventy five percent of those eighty still want to talk to someone before making a purchasing decision. And then if you look at the millennials, the Gen Zs, the research that are coming out around those age groups. And obviously we have a lot of data around the millennials right now, but they are still looking for that go-to person. Yes, they want the ease of being able to do it online. Yes, they want the ease of just being able to call, but also from, if you're a company or agent that's able to satisfy all of someone's needs, there's someone in the community, someone they can trust and go to advice. I think that we're going into maybe the best decade, two decades, three decades to really help people with financial futures of creating plans 
Now, the way that you have the conversation changes just a little bit. You just can't be the PNC guy anymore, the PNC gal. Like it's it's a holistic approach. You used the word holistic earlier. You're going to really have to learn how to take a holistic approach of how do we help you satisfy your needs now, but also plan for the future. Oh, I love that. And you're spot on, right? Uh, what I love about the, the hidden words in your statement are so many people want to put a death nail in the insurance agency or the insurance distribution system. And uh, I fight back with great vengeance, right? Nope, we are not dead. We're here to stay. And we're capturing market <laughs> share still, right? And so, um, uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And another real quick data point, too, is um, you're, you're also spot on in that uh, that. The, 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 the newer part of the, the those shopping for insurance are absolutely starting online and it's actually mobile first, right? So you have to have a mobile first mentality about how your stuff is. It's got to be mobile first. Um, but then they do still want the counsel, guidance, leadership, direction of a knowledgeable agent, right? Um, uh, m- m- millennials are able to go up and down both, right, to, to Gen G and to Gen X and whatever and, and be really relevant. And they're growing um, at uh, exponential rates, and it's fantastic. So many of them don't even have an office, so it's great, right? There's that overhead yep. gone. There is the overwhelmed part versus overwork piece, but it's, it's, still, uh, it's, it's still really awesome growth opportunities. And then one more data point, if I can, because um, it may speak to one of your listeners and just triggers something. Um, this is, it's just a personal thing. And so to know your audience. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier, I have five books, but my personal website is jeffarnold.com. It's not a pitch for that. It's for this. Um, the analytics people looking at my site said, hey, after digging through the data, over 60% of the visitors on your site are actually coming in from desktop, not mobile. They're older and they are mostly female. Right. By older, I'm not going to put an age to it because I'm not making any. Let's say over 18. okay? but this was an important data point because your listeners need to know this. All we did was use that data and say, okay, they're using they're coming from a desktop, not mobile, and they're mostly female. We pivoted and added the colors of pink and purple to my Jeff Arnold website. 32% 32% increase in my book sales by that little trigger alone, right? And so it's important, again, it's not to brag about my side, it's to say, if you know who your customer is, like if you just sell mm-hmm. pet insurance and you know they're coming in mobile first and they're under 25, well, don't have an old man like me in the picture, right? And right. make it a relative uh, relational image and color because there's two things at play here psychographics and demographics who buys your product demographics why they buy it psychographics and when you answer those two in your mobile first world or your desktop world you'll see a corresponding increase in your sales and so that was a real deep dive but i thought you know your listeners might might take away something some good nugget there that that helps us read about them and make them be a unicorn and i'd love to see that no absolutely i mean i i Riches are in the niches. You got to figure out who your ideal customer is and attract that customer any way you can. And so I, uh, I dig that a lot, Jeff, man. This is, we, we're getting buzzed on the buzz today, my man. <laughs> it's fun, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad. This has been a really, really good conversation. I just, I, I think that, um, obviously the other thing I, I want to just probably end with today, but I, I really believe that, if you are an insurance professional moving forward in the in the future, and especially those 
those captive agents, independent agents in the communities, in in your like you are the community. You have to get out, be part of it, but also you have to adapt with technology. If you don't adapt to technology, you are going to get left behind. If you're not willing to have virtual appointments, they're going to go to somebody that is willing to have a virtual appointment. And so if you're, that's my biggest, my biggest thing. If you are on the fence right now, you're like, ah, no, remote workers, that's just a fad. Oh, you know, selling virtually, people are going to get tired of it. It's only going to become more relevant in this space and you need to get comfortable with it. Like you said earlier, you got to get comfortable getting uncomfortable. If you're not, you're not growing, you're getting worse. There is no in between here. It's true. You know, when people think of our industry um, as this old, staid, monolithic, boring kind of thing, right? The, and, and as a matter of fact, I, I try not to even bring up the word insurance. I say I'm an author in the technology and finance <laughs> space because the minute you say insurance, you lose them. And we all know that, right? Um, but uh, everyone who's in it, and uh, by the way, if you're in it for more than three years, you're stuck. Welcome to the mafia. You can't leave because there isn't anything better, right? <laughs> and uh, I always try to tell the, the new folks that we recruit from colleges that this industry, unbeknownst to you, is the industry of all things fun, sexy, exciting, and just plain awesome. You just got to give it a chance, man. So, yeah, I, I truly enjoyed being on your show, man, and, and thank you for the invite. Would love to come back. Yeah, Jeff. No, thank you so much for your time today. I know you're extremely busy. So, Jeff, obviously, we know your website and all this information is going to be in, in the bio and, and obviously in our in our notes. But what's the easiest way if somebody wanted to follow you, connect with you? What, what's the easiest way for someone to do that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, all my links to LinkedIn and the other social media pieces is on my personal website, uh, jeffarnold.com. Uh, lo- love to connect with your listeners and uh, and help out and be a resource. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for your time and for everyone out there listening. As you all know, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have. We appreciate you spending time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, go out, give us a five-star review, share it, tell people about us. Jeff, thank you again, my man. This was great. My friend, it's been fun talking to you and meeting you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Insurance Buzz. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave a rating and review. If you want to take your insurance agency to the next level and join our community, simply check out Weaver Sales Academy at www.weaversa.com. Again, that's www.weaversa.com or visit the show notes on our new and current programs we have available exclusively for you. As always, time is the most valuable and important asset that we all have and I appreciate you spending it with me. See you on the next episode.